adoption seems to be most of the time a fight in some way. And I think if you even go a step further and say adoption is a spiritual fight, it's a spiritual battle. And I think sometimes when you pull that out of it, you can either oversimplify or even ignore some of the the really deep experiences that are happening. And as adoptive parents, it is, it's a fight. And, and we've seen so many of these stories where they fight for these kids. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. And today my husband, Noah, joins us. Hey, Noah. Hi. So people wanted you back on the show. High demand. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> your favorite thing to do is be on this podcast. Second favorite. Oh, what's your favorite? Being married to you, of course. Oh, that was good. That wasn't even in the script. <laughs> we are the adoptive parents of four beautiful children. We started the show three years ago and we had no idea the growth we would see. We are now in season five. And if you're new to adoption now, we tell stories from the perspective of the birth parent, adoptee, and adoptive parent. We started with our adoption stories and continued adopting as we were producing the show. Remember that? I sure do. It was so crazy. But we're now a place of information and support and resources. We want to connect you to the answers you need, whether it be an adoption agency, a therapist, or just helping you with advice during your journey. And remember, adoption is a lifelong journey. Hey, so now we're on YouTube. Maybe you're listening to the story and you want to see our interview or parts of it. Maybe you want to see what Noah and I look like. So check us out at Adoption Now on YouTube. And we would love for you to subscribe to our channel. Okay, so today Noah and I are going to answer some of your questions. But first, we want to tell you about some of our favorite moments in the last three years and talk about how much we've changed and the areas that we've stayed completely the same. You know, every time I interview someone, I learn something new. So some of my ideas have changed. And honestly, some of the things that I believed about adoption when I started the journey, I still believe. I still believe that children do need homes. I still believe that parents need resources. I believe that there is a better way that we can do things. I mean, those are some of the things that I have stayed the same in, but we've changed a lot. Noah, mm -hmm. what are some of your favorite moments? One of my early favorite moments is when we first started doing this podcast, you and I would make it a priority. Every Saturday morning, we'd get a cup of coffee and we'd sit down and at a specific time, the radio station would play our, our show and we would sit there and our kids would be playing in their little playrooms and we'd just sit and listen and we'd learn and we'd cry and we'd laugh and we'd be in amazement of all these people that were so willing and so brave to share their stories. Oh, I forgot about that because we started as a radio program. Yes. So we would record our show and then it would air every Sunday. Did you say Saturday? Sunday? Saturday. Saturday morning. And it was amazing. I I think I underestimated how much people love adoption and how many people in the adoption community want to be heard. Yes. And they would come on the show and they would tell me everything. I mean, people come on the show and they talk about infertility. They talk about miscarriages. They talk about times that they did not bring home the child. They talked about rad. I mean, we have covered so many different topics. I have cried and laughed so many times with families that are complete strangers, but because of adoption, we become very close. Mm -hmm. Every story I've told, I love the people. Yes, the community has been astounding and it's been encouraging to see how many people from not just, you know, I think one of my fears 
early on was, oh my goodness, we're not going to get enough people that want to tell their story. Mm-hmm. How are we going to do this in Colorado? Now it's more of, oh my gosh, how are we going to make sure that all of the people that want to share get a chance to mm-hmm. share? We're we're not just national. We're now international. We have people, and that's another favorite memory is as we see this growth, we get to learn more than anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the learning curve, and I still think, man, I'm going to laugh three years from now. I'm going to go, Pfft. You knew nothing, you know? The learning curve is so incredible. I'll tell you that. Don't worry. I'll remind you. Not to worry. (laughs) I think being open and vulnerable for you and I has been what has launched other people, right? Because you and I went on the radio and told everybody our story. We were just re-listening to it. We told people how with one of our adoptions, we were not getting along. I mean, we were at a place of breaking And it was only because we chose to go to therapy that we stayed together. We were on completely opposite sides in our decision to not adopt this little boy that we were fostering. And it was so breaking for us that story has really helped other people, I think, and helped us say, hey, we've gotten to the lowest of the lows and highest of the highs in adoption. And ultimately it has made us better people. Yeah, and I think you are exactly right about the whole therapy thing. Like I think about my own feelings and thoughts of getting any kind of help. That was I was completely against it, right? And and as much as it's hard for me to even think about that now and go back to that, that's also another one of my favorite memories because what it did for us and for our own marriage and for our own family, that would have never happened mm. without that experience. It's so true. I mean, I, I think about my faith and how much I've grown would never have happened without adoption. If you allow adoption to change you, if you allow yourself to adopt the whole story, you will come out a totally different person. And it's good. It's good for us to grieve with other people. It's good for us to go beyond what is normal or natural to reach out to kids and to families. I mean, I've had stories, some of my favorite stories, are foster parents who come on and they talk about what it's like to love a child that they know is not going to stay with them. Mm. That is so amazing to me because you and I, we have gone into adoption because we wanted to grow our family. We didn't really want to foster and then place back. It wasn't on our heart, maybe later, but right now we were wanting to adopt. And so to see people be able to do that and go beyond themselves and, and say, you know what, I will break my heart in order to better somebody else's life. I mean, that is a beautiful, heroic thing in my mind. They would never say that, but I believe that. So one of my favorite stories is Nellie's story. And all moms that jump on a plane and leave their families to go adopt a child, I can't even wrap my head around that. I think it's amazing. And I did it too, but I mean, I jumped on a plane to Florida. (laughs) I didn't go to another country. And her story was amazing because she found out that six babies had died in an orphanage and her baby was in the hospital. She like hired somebody undercover in India to go to this orphanage because her agency was not telling her and then lying to her. So she hired this person. They go and they're like, yes, this is the orphanage. Six babies have died and your baby's in the hospital. Mm. And she's like, what? No, she buys this ticket. She flies there. And she fights for this baby. And Millie is beautiful. I follow them on Instagram. I love this story so much because it is not just about, hey, you know, I think we'll do a good thing and adopt. It is about, 
I'm going to make everything uncomfortable. I'm going to cry and grieve and leave my children with my husband in America, and I'm going to fly over, and I'm going to do something that's so beyond myself, so beyond what we just said, the natural or the normal, Mm -hmm. for this little girl. And the girl has attached, and it's just a beautiful story. And we have so many stories like that where moms, you know, I think about the family with 13 children and she jumps on a plane and she goes to the DRC and she fights to keep three girls together because the DRC said, no, you're not adopting three. You have to pick two and leave one sister behind. And she's like, no, I cannot separate these sisters. So I will live in the country and fight until you allow me to take these three children home. And she does it and brings the girls home and keeps the sibling. I mean, Ah, there's so many stories that every time I'm crying because I'm like, could I do that? Adoption seems to be, most of the time, a fight in some way. And I think if you even go a step further and say adoption is a spiritual fight, it's a spiritual battle. And I think sometimes when you pull that out of it, you can either oversimplify or even ignore some of the, the really deep experiences that are happening. And as adoptive parents it is it's a fight and and we've seen so many of these stories where they fight for these kids and then it's also a fight for the kid right for these adoptees it's a fight and if you pull that spiritual aspect out of it sometimes i feel like you're not really getting the whole story but you also have to be careful because you can't just be like oh it's just like adoption in christianity and it's it has similarities Mm -hmm. and i I was laughing because I was listening to this story and how I was like, oh, you know, my own faith has been so strengthened because I see adoption as how God has adopted me into his family. And yes, there's some similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. I, yes. I can't say I'm not an adoptee. I can't say this is how I would feel, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's also my own experience. And I think just continuing to see or hear these stories has been tremendous for my own growth. And like you said, too, there's some things that I'm like, man, I wish I was a little bit more spiritual like I was a few years ago. Because sometimes you get a little jaded when you hear so many difficult stories. That's absolutely true. I think that when we first started, we have an idea of Christianity and then adoption, it doesn't fit together anymore, right? You can't fit your life into this box anymore. And then it feels confusing and you feel maybe slightly jaded or maybe you feel like God has left you or you really believe God told you to do this thing and now it's not working out. And so you start to feel bitter. And then maybe we went through a little bit of Mm -hmm. that where we were like, I just feel disconnected from God because this is terrible. This is a nightmare. And I, how could he lead me into a nightmare? He would never do that. And the truth is, is yes, he would. Because something amazing comes out of that, right? Something beautiful grows from this really messy place. It talks about this in Isaiah. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but it just talks about that there is a treasure in a dark place. And if you're willing to go to that dark place, oh my gosh, I mean, countless treasures. We have been able to learn things that you and I would never have if we didn't say yes to Lily, Mm -hmm. right? If we didn't say yes to AJ, if we didn't say yes to Vivi, if we didn't say yes to Malia, and if we didn't keep saying yes. And, you know, every time it was expensive. And I remember thinking like, we'll never go on a vacation. I know it's so dumb, but (laughs) honestly, you're just thinking like, how much money could this be? And will we ever recover? And you do. And uh, honestly, the money that we spent it is no comparison 
to the lessons that we have learned and the way that we can connect with people. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be anywhere and somebody says, oh, I have an adoption story. I'm like, sit down. I have to talk to you right now. I have to know. And I go anywhere that person goes. And somebody asked me recently, your podcast, like you said, it's not as spiritual. Well, it's because more people have applied to be on the show that aren't Christians necessarily, or their faith is different. And I go where the person goes, right? I tell the story. My job is to tell the story in the truth of their story, not how I want it to go, not what I want to say. And my time of being with this person is so limited. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to bash them over the head over my belief system. The relationship that I have with that person afterwards might lead in a different place, but maybe it's not what comes out in the podcast. Ultimately, I think everybody that comes in the show, though, is from a really good place in their heart. They want to help children. And that's what we're looking at. That's the kind of stories that we're looking for. Although somebody that has a spiritual experience, we love that too. I I really appreciate the birth mothers who have come mm-hmm. and the birth mother and birth father who told their story together. When we start to hear how it feels when a birth mother leaves the hospital with no baby, it changes everything. When we think in the beginning, we just want a baby, it's gonna be awesome. But you don't think about the grief that somebody else is gonna go through for your joy, then we're missing a whole part of the story. Yeah, I agree. He took my thunder. Ooh, you're gonna say that? That was my next thing. Oh, shoot. (laughs) I hope you have something else to back that up. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. What is something that you believed in about adoption three years ago that you still believe in? Ooh, that is a great question. If you know me at all, you think that I have all the answers. I'm a know-it-all, right? My name is Noah. The joke is I'm a know-it-all. So I think I knew. I never make that joke, by the way. Never. It's other people. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really thought I knew everything there was to know about adoption because I have two siblings who are adopted, right? So I grew up in this. And so, of course, I, I know exactly what needs to be done and how this is supposed to be handled and A plus B equals C all the time. Oh, my goodness. We have always said adoption now is not black or white, it's gray, mm. right? And I have learned that over the last three years, I continue to learn that, right? Every time I think, oh, this is exactly what's gonna happen because this happened in some adoption story, it's com- it can be completely mm-hmm. opposite. And you can't make it about, oh, well, this was the circumstance, so this was the outcome, right? Right. It's different for every single person and it's different for me. I can say, well, this was my experience as an adoptive dad. This is your experience as an adoptive mom. But that doesn't make it the experience. And you have to follow this and you have to go in that direction. Like when I talked to a birth mother who is grieving, but then I had a birth mother apply who did not go through grief. Right. When you're talking to an adoptee who says, I suffer loss. And then I have somebody apply that says, I found out I was adopted at 40 years old, 40 years old. And I never went through loss. I didn't know I was adopted. So I thought these were my parents. And when I met my birth mother, I had no connection because no one told me that I was adopted. So I did not, it was not an innate loss in my heart. Well, that just flips the script. I mean, everything that we've done has been flipped by another story. Yes, And it makes it so incredibly interesting when I get people to apply and they say, hey, I listened to your podcast, love it. But I have this perspective. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. We are constantly learning. We are constantly growing. And, And that's because we have four adopted children that have four different personalities. The way they perceive the world is all different. The way that they perceive 
being adopted is different. The relationships that they have with their birth mothers are all different. And so we have to continue to stay up to date with new information so we can keep up with these four little people that may have all these different experiences. And so that's what adoption now has done for me. I always say, if it didn't help you, it's helped me tremendously. (laughs) So thank you for telling your story so that you could help me. What is one thing that has changed? Our faith. Mm. And I think that's a good thing because what we were just talking about, right? I think this is where adoption is kind of in line with how God works with us too, is it's a constant journey, right? We always said from the very beginning, adoption is a journey. It's not like you start and end, it's the rest of our lives. And if we can have that openness and that open-mindedness, we talk about what it is to have open adoption. It's not the, the term that is used in the adoption circle as much as it is just be open, be willing to listen, be willing to hear, be willing to learn. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I've had to be so teachable in the last eight years. And I, I look back and almost laugh at myself thinking, oh yeah, I'm, I'm teachable now. I mean, and I think it's the same with your faith too, is Lily and AJ were just talking the other day about like the Trinity. And AJ, AJ's favorite answer right now is, it's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and the only ways you can explain it and describe it, and there's better ways and not so, but it is, it's, it's kind of a mystery to a, all of us, right? And so I just think you can't just say, well, adoption is this, because the moment you do, somebody's story is going to come around mm-hmm. and it's going to blast your idea out of the water. Right. I remember when I saw you change the most was when we were trying to adopt that little boy, we brought him home, birth mom had signed over her rights. She changed her mind though, because she found out we were taking him to the hospital because he was sick. Well, what really happened is she was starving him and abusing him. And she knew if we were taking him to the hospital, they were going to find out and they would take her daughters away. So she freaked out and she's like, no, I want my child. And I remember the state showed up and it was all this chaos. And they said, well, right now you guys can't take this little baby home, but she can't take him either. And I remember you saying, April, of course, they're going to call us up and it's going to work out because the state cannot allow an abusive mother to have chance after chance. And that was like your thought process. Like, mm-hmm. no, like you said, A plus B equals C. It's going to work out. It's not like this. And we learned in that moment, adoption can be very unfair. And, and every state is different. And too. every state is different. And they did give her a chance and a chance. And the baby stayed in the system for four and a half years. And it was just one of those times where you're like, this wasn't even like a mom that was like, I love my baby so much. She didn't even really want him. Mm -hmm. She just didn't want to adopt, you know, have this paperwork. And so it just seemed very unfair. And I remember at that point, you were willing to listen to so many other people's stories because you're like, wait a second, maybe this doesn't work out the way I think it will. Right. And ultimately you had to trust in God. We had to trust in God, right? Oh my gosh. I remember that was the time I saw your face change. And I remember using that in other situations. Like, remember, you're like, no, this can't be. And I'm like, but remember that one thing happened. And so it could be, we have to keep everything open to be thinking if that does happen, A, B or C or whatever. So that is a good lesson for any of you who are starting the process. If you think that it's going to be completely perfect, and I hope you do get the perfect story, that does happen. They are out there. But if it doesn't, we're here to say, hey, we get it. We support you. Here's some stories that you can identify with. Really quick, we want to answer some questions that were on Instagram. We asked, what are some of the conflicting emotions that you have with adoption? And somebody said, feeling like people think I took 
these children away from their birth parent. That's hard. That is hard. We got that. We've gotten that Uh where they said, you know, you took these children. And the truth is, is that no, no, it's not that easy to take children. We didn't just pay all this money to the birth mom and like make a transaction. But I think that that's hard for people to think, oh, if I adopt, will people think that I stole these children? Yeah, I think it's difficult. And I think domestic and international is different too. You're talking about two totally different means or two totally different ways for adoption to even take place. We're even learning about another way, which is completely different, which is embryo adoption. Oh, I love embryo adoption, yes. But I think if you go at it in a way to say, again, kind of like what I keep saying, well, it's this way or the highway, don't feel like that at all. I think God can come into any situation and he can work through things. God has never told us that we're going to go through life without any bumps or trauma or problems, right? Mm -hmm. There is nothing that says that, but he'll always be with us. And you can't write your story the way it's this perfect idea. It's always going to change. And if you, I, I would encourage every adoptive family out there, be willing to be malleable, be willing to be teachable, be willing to change what you think is the right way. And if you can do that, I think you'll learn so much. I think you'll be successful as parents Mm -hmm. and have successful children. I think that if you're worried about people coming up to you and thinking you took the children, my best advice is you got to get thick skin. You really do because you cannot prove to people anything, really. I mean, we have tried to say, oh, we want to explain to you. It doesn't matter. People are going to think what they think. And if it's in your heart to adopt and you believe this is right, you will have the strength to get past that. Okay, another question is, it will never work out for us. And I just want to say, I hear that a lot. People write in and say, I've been waiting on lists. I'm struggling. But I do want to say to you, your child is coming. Your baby is coming. I really believe that. If you do not give up, your baby is coming. And I want you to continue to say that. If you give up and you stop, then definitely you're not adopting. But if you hold on, your child is out there. So don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Just keep telling yourself one day this is going to happen. Encourage families to laugh too. Yes, that is great. And I just did a podcast on somebody else's and that's what my advice was. They said, what do you say when people say, oh, how much were those kids? We make everything funny. You have to because it can be very difficult. So that's that's great advice. Okay, one last question is I struggle with being an interracial family. I fear I won't be enough, but also trusting that their mom chose us. Same. I just want to say same. I have that sometimes. I feel like, am I going to be able to teach them what they need to know? We all feel that as parents though. Let me just normalize that for you. All parents feel that way. Am I going to be able to raise these children? I think, am I going to be able to get these kids through high school in their homework? Like, I don't even like homework now, and it's kindergarten homework. <laughs> I'm like, this is too hard for me. Just don't do it. Just forget it, kids. <laughs> My, Noah's like, what are you saying? It's bad advice. But, you know, we all feel like, are we going to be able to do that? And then added on the challenge of having an interracial family, I, we get it. Mm-hmm. We get it. And early on, we were told something that I swear I learned more and more about, but it's pray for your birth mom mm. and love your, learn to love your birth mother. That is some of the best advice I think I've ever been given in any of this because we can't fulfill all of that. We can't, and we have no idea 
what these birth parents experienced. So we don't have all the answers, but what we can do is continue to pray and continue to to hope and and see there is a reason that these kids are with us, right? But there's mm-hmm. also a reason, like you said earlier too, these birth moms, how brave of them not to go through an abortion and to carry full term, knowing that they're going to place their child. That's great advice. Absolutely. Loving birth parents and being open to the journey is most important. So Noah, thank you for doing this update show. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and remember, all of our podcasts are available on our website, adoptionnow.com. Thank you for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week.